Hi, I'm Marina. I'm Michelle. And, and this, this is the Flipping Gals, Gals Podcast. We like to go to garage and estate sales and look for treasures. We also love to gather collectors and resellers alike and provide them with valuable information about products, many of them vintage, and share tips about how to get started doing what we do. Thanks for joining us today. Hey guys, how are you? <laughs> thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're excited about this. This is our first interview on, on YouTube or any type of thing like this, so we're excited. <laughs> Congratulations, and we're honored to have you guys as your, as our, wait, your first <laughs> interview. We're honored. Um, we're going to go ahead and get started with a little bio about Vasquez Vintage. Who are they? Um, so they are a married couple of creatives based out of Seattle, Washington. On their everyday agenda, week, month, and year, it is to evolve, learn, create, and share knowledge. They believe in living life on their own terms. They own multiple businesses, and um, they get to do that in their businesses, which is wonderful. So uh, to begin with, Melissa Vasquez, she's a full-time e-commerce small business owner and reseller at Vasquez Vintage, Washington State, born and raised. She has an extensive background in operations management, learning anything and everything. Responsibilities include treasure hunting, listing, shipping, accounting, photography, hiring, data analysis, and managing Vasquez Vintage's online presence. Melissa most days can be caught drinking a strong cup of coffee while doing an in-depth analysis of all of their businesses and planning what's coming next. A little bit about Abby Vasquez. She's originally from Arkansas. She's a professional tarot reader, an industrial designer, a candle maker, and an avid learner. She's known to make even the most serious person laugh. It's been known to happen. <laughs> We're laughing right now. Um, Abby heads up, is it RE? Is that how you say the name of your candle company? Re? Re. Re candles. Um, their repurposed container candle business and helps their reselling business part-time as a picker. Yep. And so um, we're just going to let you guys continue on the rest there. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, so to begin, uh, when did you learn about buying and selling things online? I feel like it was, it was literally like February of 2018, February and then, uh, March after that, but you have the story about how you got started with that that grinder thing. Oh gosh! So yeah. she actually got us into it and just <laughs> on a whim. Yeah, we'd been listening to Gary V forever. Yeah, and he had been talking a lot about flipping and you know just grab something and flip it and see what happens. And then I'm sitting on the sofa, she's sitting on her chair, and just look at each other like I want to try that. Mm -hmm. And so we end up going to our thrift store, which is like really close to us, like a block and a half down the road, and I found a um, cast iron meat grinder and that's one thing I picked I'm gonna flip that and I don't even know if it picked anything out at the time I was looking at everything <laughs> there's so much stuff <laughs> but I had thrown it up on Facebook marketplace and immediately got offers for like 20 bucks 20 bucks 20 bucks 20 bucks and I sold it within like a day and a half and she was sold you know that high it's like what <laughs> more. that first sale right Absolutely. So one how much did you pay for that grinder? Gosh, I mean, between three and five dollars. Like it wasn't mm -hmm. a whole lot, thankfully, and I had no clue how to price it. So it was just like 
20 bucks sounds good. Maybe, I don't even know if all the parts are here. I don't know if <laughs> I just like picked it up. I'm like, I'm going to sell this. This is old. <laughs> and then it, it actually moved. It moved quickly mm -hmm. and it was surprising. Mm -hmm. So fun. So like, what about, when abouts was that um, in your journey? You said it was in March of 2018. So, okay. Um, so a little, you're about a year and a half, almost two years mm -hmm. into it now? Yeah. Yeah. So still fairly new. That's why we always talk about, you know, kind of documenting our journey and just kind of as we learn, just sharing it because I feel like we can all learn from it. But we definitely aren't uh, like we're professional, but we're still learning at all times. And I'm sure you guys know how much there is to learn. Like we never will know everything. So we're just kind of showing and telling as we go. Type of thing. It's yeah, it's I, I was, I, I'm curious. How did you get into like the vintage aspect of it? Um, um, I just I gravitated towards it so um, it's just I like the things that are made from past because they seem to be made better you know they're they're more heavy-duty they last longer um, so I liked the the feel of everything and the way um, it just lasts so that was the main thing and then um, I've always loved like vintage electronics and mm -hmm. I'm a big, like Sony Panasonic person and so uh, we just kind of gravitated towards those things because we like them um, and then vintage toys is my favorite thing. I'm mm. sure you guys have seen like the plushies and the to little toys and stuff. So it's just a way to kind of go back in time into my childhood even. And just, so that's what keeps it fun. Yeah, there's something to be said about nostalgia yeah. and being able to trigger yeah. those memories in other people. Like, oh my gosh, I remember when. And yeah. then you have this whole flashback in memory and warm, fuzzy feelings. So it's, it's kind of awesome to be able to provide that to other people as well. Definitely. Yeah, that, that's cool because everything is like nowadays so accessible. But, you know, when it comes to like the old school way, we didn't need to depend on technology so much. So just having those items are so cool. <laughs> Sometimes we would buy things and we would want to hold on to it, not sell them. Yeah, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> we still go through that. Um, or like I collect globes right now, which I never did before, but since... Uh, reselling I've loved globes like the really older ones or the heavy duty ones with like brass pieces and stuff like that so some of them I'll actually keep now unfortunately but <laughs> <laughs> the other ones we will, I'll post it and just love them until they sell type of thing so it's like yeah, yeah. It's those, like, those kind of items you're like oh I don't mind pricing them high because like if nobody buys it I'll just keep it right? and pay it until it finds a new home <laughs> <laughs> I get that definitely <laughs> So we know that you're doing a few things. Um, we've heard about the candles. Maybe you can give uh, our followers a little bit of background about each of the things you're doing. Yeah, so our main, our main thing that we're doing is, is reselling. So I do this full time. She does it part time with us or with myself and our son uh, who also likes to resell. And uh, in addition, we do our candles. So that kind of is a spinoff of our different finds that we go when we go to garage sales, estate sales. Uh, thrift stores we find all these different things that we thought well we can make a candle out of that I don't know, remember how it started as far as the idea of it but we love like I've always been into sustainability and reusing things and finding a purpose for things instead of just being so wasteful generally as a human so um, it was another way of kind of like uh, being able to do that and we found like teacups um, mm -hmm. and uh, all kinds of little copper containers and mugs and things where it's like what if we made a candle out of that it's a great gift or like a home decor and then when it's all done with, you can still use it. So if you love that item, you can still use it as a teacup or a mug or 
things like that. So yeah, it also satisfies my perpetual need to make things. Like my, <laughs> my degree is in industrial design. So I design products from the ground up. And with that comes like this, the perpetual desire to create and make and wow. think through things. And so um, finding these containers and wanting to make something out of them, um, it, it just kind of feeds that natural inclination in me already. So it was just like, let's run with it and actually kind of morph it into something that's uh, directly tied to the business and produced a repurposed candle. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, that certainly gives you an edge because um, I guess like what we've heard is if it's unique, it'll, it'll sell. The yeah. more unique, the better. And it, it sounds like your candles are, every single one is different, right? Yeah. It'd be rare to make the same one twice. It is not likely I'll make the same <laughs> and kind of good and bad because I would love to have like a standardized process that I could deploy on each and every item, but it, it's not practical to even think that way. So it's just every product or every mug gets its own volume amount of wax. Everyone gets its own volume amount of fragrance, gets its own wick, mm. gets its own cut, gets its own packaging, gets its own... It, these are all one-off products yeah. um, that are produced and it's fun and it's challenging because... Uh, I would love a standardized process. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. But it's like what we do is anything but that, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like it's anything but that. Yeah. Um, of course, you have Melissa, though, who it seems like that's her, her strength, right, in operations and inventory. Yeah, I definitely love to, to try to make anything like systemized and, you know, some type of process for it or uh, just know our whys for everything. So just big on, you know, we're Tony uh, Robbins, like, like we love him and people that just um, help us do things that are um, straightforward and have a process and have a why so just understanding why we do something instead of just blindly going forward um, but you know we're big on uh, like action and massive action but in addition knowing our why and how and being able to replicate it again so it's it's wonderful that you're saying that because you guys are all uh, everything you say everything you do online through your social media accounts it's all in line like I, I like you're you're in line with your brand and the massive action comment um, it represents you guys on social media so like one of the reasons we're really we actually recently only started following you guys uh, a few months ago okay. but you, you know I've been personally keeping it I'm I'm the one behind the social media here and I've been keeping a close <laughs> eye on you guys right. and the content that you guys put out is invaluable to I think any reseller and you're so humble to say like oh we're just beginning we're just learning because you know and we're just documenting our journey and and no doubt you know we, there's always a lot to learn especially when you guys are avid learners yourselves um, but the content like from having found that one product you know, that you, you flipped from 45 bucks, four to five bucks to $20. And now I'm looking at most of your products are like over 40, 50 bucks a piece. So I feel like you guys know what you're doing now. <laughs> I, I mean, thank you. That's a great compliment and I appreciate it. And our goal is again, just to, to, to get better and to learn more. And also just to be able to share that because over time we can all get better. So the, the great part, and I'm sure you, you two understand this, is just how great and how strong the reselling community is. Um, and it's just, it's amazing. I've never been a part of such a community. I've always been a part of things where we're competing against each other. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get the upper edge on the competition. So it's nice to be able to be like, 
I mean, I look forward to being like some of the ones that are huge, but it's not a competition. You know, it's like there's enough for everybody. Look around yeah. us. There's so much stuff that we're never going to be able to like own everything. <laughs> so There is enough. So. There is enough. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny when you walk into a thrift store and you can kind of almost feel like the piranha mentality and yes. the scavenger um, mindset of the other resellers because you can spot them. Mm-hmm. You can see who's also a reseller. <laughs> And it's just, it's so nice once you finally get into a space of realizing, oh my God, there's enough. <laughs> it's okay, everyone. We can, we can all share here. Right. <laughs> so it's kind of nice. Let's, let's talk about um, platforms, because I know you sell a variety of items. Um, are there any specific platforms that are good or, for specific items, or do you sell everything on all platforms? Yeah, so eBay is great for everything, right? Um, new, used. Um, uh, we don't do Amazon yet but it's in our future as a, as a possibility. Um, I'm hesitant, but maybe that's one of those things where since it scares me, I should jump right into it. <laughs> but uh, we're not there yet, but we do sell on like Etsy and Etsy has, um, hopefully everybody knows you can sell handmade items and or vintage items. So anything right now uh, before 19, what, 2000, right? So 1999 and before is considered vintage um, on Etsy. So you can sell anything within that time frame on Etsy. Um, collectible things are, are do great there. We do well with like um, like uh, toys and stuff on Etsy too. So actually like vintage plush and things like that. Um, Kermit the Frog sold for $200, the hand puppet 220 or something like that. Um, that's on our Instagrams uh, and stuff like that. But um, I'd say anything vintage or collectible, go and try Etsy. Um, Mercari has been great for toys also. So we sell in Mercari as well um, and shoes. Um, and we sell on Poshmark as well. And I've noticed for us, we've kind of cornered in on shoes because of the fact that they flip so easily and so fast on there, um, men's and women's. Um, I'd love to hear what other people think about Poshmark, but that's our experience so far. Um, and then we sell locally. And I, I noticed that locally, like appliances, uh, sports things, like sport, like bats, we, we got into bats a lot, baseball bats and gloves. They sell well on multiple platforms, but definitely locally you can flip those, or we're able to flip them within like seven days to two weeks or something like that. So um, those are the main platforms we're on. We just had a, a sale on Bonanza. I don't know if you guys are, uh, <laughs> are familiar with Bonanza. No, what's Bonanza? So you're able to kind of import everything that you have on eBay to Bonanza. So it's kind of like you, you, you don't have to do anything more than that. You import it uh, and then it's kind of just set it and forget it. It's one of the few things where you can do that literally um and but we'll get like one sale every six months so i wouldn't say like everybody run over there and do it (laughs) um but we got one yesterday and it was a plush like animated um gunned brand uh, elephant and it sold for full price of like 23 bucks or something but um we're on there but uh i wouldn't you know it's it's a slow mover wow (laughs) um there you go we're we're live on instagram so we just kind of see if people have any questions oh awesome yeah. Um, yeah. No. Um, based off of what you said, so Bonanza sounds like it's a platform that you sell a couple items a year on. Yeah. Yeah. But because it's so easy to just like push a button and transfer everything over, it's a contender, right? Absolutely. And speaking of that, uh, we just about six months ago we got onto Sideline Swap, and you may have seen a couple of our posts about it. I just thought, you know, most of us that sell on eBay have some items that can go on there, so they are kind of a sports um, centric website, but they have an import feature where you can just, again, set up an account and do just import all of your goods onto there that apply. So for them, it's sports related, but I noticed that anything like Adidas, Nike, uh, lacrosse, like anything that's even 
slightly related. It was like a Nike t-shirt. I noticed they uploaded that. I was like, awesome. So, <laughs> so it's not just like literally like having bats and things like that, but anything that's sports related will automatically import. And I do, I don't know, a couple of sales, I'd say about two a week usually on sideline swaps. So most of us could, could definitely use an extra couple of sales a, a week or a month even. So it's worth a try and it's free to, to sign up. So it's another, I don't get any like benefit from talking about that, except that I like to share what is available. So Sideline Swap is the name of that one. So interesting. It, it seems like there are so many platforms. How do you keep track of everything? Uh, yeah. Obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> <Every day. laughs> no, but um, mostly it's just, I mean, since it is my full-time income and my full-time job, it's literally like what I do when I wake up as, you know, we're looking at everything and, you know, I look at dashboards. So the first thing that I look at on the computer is like the eBay um, seller dashboard. So just knowing my numbers, knowing, you know, who's um, emailing us and things like that. So um, it's, it's just kind of being in it every day, mostly. <laughs> so yeah, a question about that, Melissa. Um, you, so we learned earlier, you know, from Abby's story that, you know, she kind of got you guys into this, right? So first Hi. of all, thank you, Abby, right? Thank you, Abby, for doing this. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but um, the question is, like, how did you go from, you know, having watched this thing on Gary Vee, which, you know, that's actually how we got into it as well. Awesome. Yeah. Just from watching his YouTube <laughs> What is it? Trash, trash talk? talk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and um, so, how did you go from that to quitting your full time job and making this your full time job? Yeah. So, again, we started in March of 2018, and I quit in September of 2018. So, it was actually a really quick decision in relation to time. Um, I was working at a veterinary or a pair of veterinary clinics here um, locally. And I was doing their like purchasing uh, for like medical equipment and things like that and their inventory management. So everything from, you know, the dog food and cat food to the medicines and the controlled substances and things like that. So um, I loved it. I love the people. I'm still friends with them now. Uh, there was just a lot going on there behind the scenes. And I was just also just, I was burnt out and I didn't feel fulfilled. I wanted to do things that align with our goals to do things on our own terms. And although that job gave me a lot of freedom because I, you know, I was able to do what I wanted when I wanted, it was just like, it's just not, I'm not fulfilled. I, I want more. What is it though? You know? And I couldn't think of a job that would do it, but we loved reselling. And I was like, that was the thing. Like right after work, we hit up the, the thrift stores. We live right in between two of them. Yeah. It was like, you know, at night I was getting only like four hours of sleep because I was doing reselling from the time I got home. I'm like, hi, Jadis, what do you, you know, talk to him about his life. We eat dinner. He goes to bed. I was reselling till 2, 3 a.m. And then I got to get up and go to work. So it was like, that's what I'm willing to sacrifice for. Then how do I do that full time? Um, one thing I will say, though, is that if I would were to do it again, I think I would have saved more and planned a little bit better. I just jumped in, but it's kind of our motto to just massive action. Do it! <laughs> I could have a little bit better. So the first few months after that was hard. <laughs> um, you know, not having a steady income is hard. Um, I've done it and I grew up in a different way. So I definitely knew how to make things work, but we were used to having an, a decently plush life, you know? So um, I feel like it was more of the psychology behind it though, yeah, because there's mindset. something, yeah, it's a complete mindset of knowing that you're going to be paid every two weeks. And this is the expectation that you've grown up on. Mm -hmm. And so now you're shifting it to like, okay, smaller amounts every day. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand like, oh, this thing amount showed up. How does that 
plan out for the rest of the month, it doesn't quite correlate. So your whole method around like your own sanity, your own like financial safety, your own financial security, health insurance, all those things no have insurance. to have to shift. And it's, it's, it messes with your brain for a little while your as you're, and your emotions <laughs> as you're trying to figure it all out. But mm -hmm. I feel like we, we, at least now we finally got there. Yeah. So I would say the first quarter after that. So what was interesting about that, sorry, back up a little bit. September was when I was done. Um, then we go into Q4, right? So the expectations are a little bit different too, because it's like, well, everything's selling. So that's awesome. You yeah. know? And then, so then you get through those few months. It was great. Then January, February, March, and it definitely dried up a little bit. So we were selling, but not on the, the scale that you do in Q4. And uh, then you have money tied up. And, and so we didn't have the capital right away to buy how we should. So again, um, just to kind of be blatant so everybody understands that it is one of those things that if you can plan for or know what your budget is, know how much healthcare costs, things like that, is it maybe on you unless you have like a partner that has it to cover you. Um, these are things that you have to understand that you have, has to be in your budget. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so I think that the last eight months, I would say that we've had, we've hit our stride. We know what our numbers are. I know what, where I need to buy things, what I need to buy for, what, I, what my ASP is, things like that. So it's like, once you really know and execute, then you have a full-time job at the very least. Um, goal is to have an empire of businesses, but <laughs> right now for sure, you've got a full-time job. <laughs> so that's what I'd say at the moment. Yeah, you're definitely working your way up there I, with all the businesses that you guys are able to handle right now between you three, right? With your son, Jadis, too. Yeah. Do you mind if he says hello? He would love Not it. Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> He's on Instagram sometimes, so people have seen him. Yeah, once. we've definitely seen him. Hi, Hi Jadis. How are you? How do you like the reselling business? It's fun, and it's, I like how you get to learn how to make money with it. Learn how to make money without um, having a job. So it's like, it's fun. I mean, the advantage you have yeah. to be such a young person and know how to make money, what a, what a gift, you know, you're, you've been given by your parents. I feel like we're winning. <laughs> like <as well. laughs> yeah. Three. What kind of stuff do you like to sell, Jaden? Mainly vintage electronics. Oh. And I was in that era. And I like when something is like broke, I look it up and see if I can fix it. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't, and end up um, end up seeing that I can sell it for parts. Mm -hmm. oh. Wow, that's awesome! <laughs> what was like the coolest thing you've found so far? Ooh, recently, uh, it was a Sanyo product, uh, Betamax tape. <laughs> yeah, um, it works. I just can't get video. Um, we don't know if it's the tapes or the outlet, but we're still selling it for about a hundred. Wow, that's fantastic. And what's been your best flip? You've had some good ones. Yeah, you have. Ooh, my first thing I ever sold on eBay, we found on the side of the road. Um, it was um, a Panasonic boombox. And apparently they're really rare, That was the one I found, and I sold it for over 200 Oh my goodness, that is awesome. There's no cost at all. Wow, so like, are you gonna start your own like YouTube or Instagram channel or do you have one already? No, not yet. Not yet? He doesn't no, have a phone no. yet. So oh, got it, got it. Cool with the uh, technology, so as far as him having it, but I assume that you'll he'll have his own stuff soon enough. Yeah. He's 13 right now, I'll give him a little time, but 
Exactly. Sorry, I don't. I don't know. We don't have kids, so no, no, no. Sorry about this, but um, definitely, you know, any child that's watching right now is going to be super impressed by what you're doing and inspired to maybe go out and do the same. So, thank you so much for sharing that. We appreciate it. It's it's also really cool because it's rare to see. I would say your Gen Z or even another generation, even later, talking about you know, vintage things and how like Betamax works. It's, it's almost like it doesn't match. Like, really? Are you talking about that? <laughs> how do you know this stuff? <laughs> that's that's so cool. Funny when we're sitting on the floor trying to test a product out and he's like, what is this button? We're like, okay, hun, hold on. Wait, this is how it works. Right, back in the day, we had to rewind and wait. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So that sound is normal. <laughs> 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 also just amazing and fun to share technology that was out when I was like a little little person he wasn't even thought of then and she's like oh, okay so I remember my mom having one of these back in the day so this is how it works on and giving him that experience that's like sharing these stories um this culture this history with my uh you know yeah, yeah keep keep doing what you're doing Jadis keep changing the world right. and the better bye-bye <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for letting him come in. He was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness, what a what a pleasant surprise. He's a mini you. <laughs> definitely part of the part of the business. Definitely, definitely. So what are some of the challenges? Um you've been selling for a year and a half now. What are the key challenges? This is a question I always ask because I think it's valuable for you know our listeners and also us. Yeah. Um I would say the balance, which is one of those words that I just, it, it irritates me sometimes, but the balance of, you know, self-care and hustling hard because you do have to, I believe to succeed in this, you have to hustle. You have to keep learning, keep going. Um, taking the, you know, the backseat and chilling out is not going to ultimately lead to the success that you like envision. So I'd say like for me, I, I struggle with getting enough sleep. So I'll make sure, you know, we're big juicers. I take care of my health. I take care of, uh, oh, you are too? Um, I do, you know, we make sure we get our daily walks in. Like, I feel like we, we do a lot of personal development, but man, I will let that sleep just slide. I'll do four or five hours instead of my seven or eight. And yeah. So that's, I think, uh, some type of balance. And, you know, we're parents, so you got to make sure you take care of your children and yeah. whatever, your dogs or whatever you have, you know. So I think that's a big challenge. Uh, what's one that you've seen? we both have things that we'll let go like the moment things get uh, tense and so like for her sleep and for me it's like um, monitoring my diet or my um, exercise mm -hmm. so it's like I love going to the gym I like I like running I like those things but like we have a uh, an art project that we're participating in and I'm in full make mode so because I'm making 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 I've stopped going to the gym and so I know that one of the things that I challenge and struggle with is still maintaining or that maintaining not a balance so much but an integration like integration. making it a non-negotiable part of my life instead of an option like oh i can let this go like this needs to be a integrated part of my life yeah so definitely like taking care of self i would say would be one um also a challenge i suppose um people just knowing what to buy so that takes as far as in the reselling life I think that takes research and trial and error. Like I've done, I've sold a lot of things where I accidentally paid someone to take it from me <laughs> instead of making a profit. Like it, it happens over time or, you know, how another challenge would be 
learning how to ship things. So outside of clothing, it's a whole like university of how to, to ship correctly, you know, and how to still be profitable and not pay, you know, overpay. So for shipping. But what about you guys as far as like, what do you think is a big um, challenge or obstacle in reselling? I mean, definitely self-care. I think that, I think maybe that applies to all resellers because <laughs> it's almost like no matter you're full-time or half-time, um, mm-hmm. part-time, it's like on weekends, you got to hustle because people are having garage sales. Yes. And so definitely the balance of taking care of yourself, um, eating well, getting enough sleep, or even um, giving up like your social time with your friends or family, right? <laughs> That's a big part. Yeah. Um, Shipping, I definitely am on the same page as you. I've made so many mistakes. I've broken so many things from packaging things wrong. Um, but you know what? It's experience and then you get there. What about you? Yeah, definitely the important thing is you learn from it. Um, it's really funny when we first started, you're not going to believe this. We would sell uh, like a like a beautiful vintage cup and we didn't we didn't know better when it came to shipping. So we like literally took an envelope and put the cup in the envelope and shipped it off. Uh oh! <laughs> I know. Yeah, obviously it arrived in like a hundred or a million pieces when it got there. It hurts, but you learn, right? Like really, yeah, really basic. Like we had no idea what we're doing. We did it for a year, and we still were. We managed to pay off a brand new backyard that we built in our new home. So, like, we literally think if we could do it, you can do it. Like based on that example, right? Um, how about you guys? Like, do you feel that anyone can do this job or like, what does it take to, to be successful in doing it? Yeah. So I think that anyone can do this, like sell things. I think that not everyone can do it full time. And that's because I believe that there's different types of people. Not everyone is meant to work for themselves. It takes a certain amount of motivation and it's okay to understand that. It's okay to have other things you have going on in life and have a job or a career or whatever and still do this. So it's kind of fun. You can, like you said, you can pay off debt. Most, a lot of people have student debt or debt of all kinds, right? Um, you can have nicer things or go on vacations and stuff. So it's not ultimately only for full time. There's all kinds of things you can do along the way. So I do think anyone can sell things. I just think there's a little caveat there. What do you think? I definitely think you need a certain mindset and a certain um, tolerance for risk and there you go. Um, instability because uh, if, if mm-hmm. you're the type that like the moment anything starts to shake you get you fall apart at the seams yeah. then it's it wouldn't be best <laughs> if, if you made this like your sole situation but if you do have some tolerance and you do have some thick skin and you're not taking everything to heart mm-hmm. every terrible thing to heart <laughs> um, you, you'd probably be okay so with everything it's not one size fits all but I can see how a lot of people could very well, good. Very well. Yeah. So, Abby, are you even considering um, leaving your job or doing this full time at all? Or, well, darling, um, I, I, uh, I kind of ta- I talk about it like the work that I was doing prior to being um, the helping with being a reseller. Um, I was a full time designer, and I was leading the design for a local startup company. And I kind of talk about it like the owner broke up with me. Um, but she also broke up the business on a whole, so she closed the business. So because she closed the business, um, the other thing was selling. Like, let's just dive into that instead of me working so hard to find another another secular job is kind of how we think of it. Um, and that worked out 
it's working out for us because ultimately the main goal, the overarching reaching, the, the big goal oh, is, to, <laughs> is to live a life on our own terms. So me going to work for another employer is not in alignment with that. So mm. we've decided to go ahead and spend full-time um, energy on my tarot practice and on the candles and helping her with the, with the, the logistics of getting to X, Y, and Z into sourcing and picking and to all the other ins and outs that you need the, the other hands for. Absolutely. Um, and also the fact that I have a big design background, it pays <laughs> for all of the design work, the graphic work, the product, the fixing, the making um, aspects of my education is wildly useful um, with being a reseller. So I, that whole transition of working for somebody else to working exclusively for us is... Mm. Hey you, thanks for listening. We appreciate you. If you like what you hear, please take a moment to leave a comment or review. A like or share is also helpful. Now, back to our regularly scheduled program. And again, a million thanks. Yes. Worth its weight in gold. <laughs> so we definitely right now, we employ, we're entrepreneurs. So there's no like um, secular job in this household right now. It's all, it's all hustle. <laughs> wow. That is very impressive. Um, congratulations on becoming self-employed, Abby. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you guys are, um, you do, you're a teacher, Marina? I am, yeah. I, I teach English as a second language, and I'm a part-time teacher, so I have a lot of, like, days off where, you know, there's no school or, like, winter, summer breaks, and, um, and I also just like to, I'm like you guys, um, I love learning, yeah. and I like to dip my hands in different things, so um, actually... I was I was studying computer or web web programming oh. last a year ago and I was in in the room in, in my office like 12 hours a day and I would never see Michelle like it'd be the weekend and I'd be in the office she would be like hey when am I gonna see you um, so I decided to quit doing that um, to the extent that I was doing it and I I you know we decided to take up this hobby right and it's something that we could like do together spend time doing together and so now we spend a lot of time together we you yeah. know, there's a lot of communication that needs to happen on a day-to-day -day basis yeah. as i'm sure that you guys um have to do the same thing right oh, yeah um, we just found out the hours that we put in a day like what we came up to like it's almost 100 hour work weeks if we think about it like that yeah. and there is no way that any other like couple could both work 100 hour work weeks and still have a really good relationship so it's actually really nice yeah <laughs> that we do it together, so. together because otherwise it's like what life do you have it's <laughs> <laughs> totally separate otherwise so that's great to see that that you were you guys were able to um figure something out where you can do something together like that and, and still make money so that's cool yeah and i i work full time so i'm in marketing um, oh, okay. So I work with a lot of designers too. So we kind of have that commonality. Um, cool. So it's nice to you know have like a, a stable income as well. Um, but definitely, Marina is sort of the lead on the business. I always say she's like the thinker and the doer. So I would go home and package items, and you know I just need to execute. And she's just she's just like I know what to do. This is the strategy. <laughs> I'm very much the doer. You give me a mission, it's done. It's not even a question. But planning the thing, I'm like, yeah, maybe yeah. 
<laughs> but she's like, uh-uh, we got this, we got this, we got this, we got this. I'm like, all right, now I can run off on my mission. You got the perfect setup then. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like you guys do too. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, more. This is this is interesting mindset that we have going on here. <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. I mean, it's you guys awesome balance that. each other out. You can't both be thinkers, right? <laughs> That's a whole lot of thinking. What would get done? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So what is, um, what's the biggest split for you guys? You know, I wish I had like one of those like $3,000 auctions or something. (laughs) Unfortunately, I don't have that, but I think your item was the the highest. Oh, was it the water? Oh, geez. I found a, um, 118 disc Harry Potter voiceover um oh yeah it was a uk box of um like audiobooks it was like the whole harry potter series 118 disc and i think it was voiced by stephen fry and so it was just something that was niched very specific and we Mm -hmm. flipped it for almost like 350 um and sold internationally yeah yeah and it was like i bought it for like 12 something over at value village like i was impressed and it was i've never found it again i don't know if i will but it was it was just i knew enough to like that is amazing stephen fry is a good voice let's look this up and then sitting on the sofas in the furniture section freaking out a little bit because it's like look babe (laughs) i know i'm like wow all right all right But again, so on, on that one, you didn't know the value when you I, bought it? You no, know, not right away. Um, but it was a mixture of like, I know the cult following when it comes to Harry Potter. Like, you know sure. that hands down. Yeah. And then it was something unusual in high volume. So 118 CDs, like that's a little intense. And it's Stephen Fry is a well-known actor, particularly overseas. So it's just like one plus one plus one equals 19 and a half. So I'm <laughs> totally taking this. And then we found out that it was actually worth more than we thought it was. So it was, that was an awesome one for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, we just had um, like a baseball bat. So again, last summer, I was really into finding them for $3.99 or whatever and flipping those. Um, and we found a, a Easton Redline bat. And the adult size ones of those go for really good money. And I just happened to find it, it was like $5.99. And I was like, babe, <laughs> I was like, look at these comps. Um, again, by then we know how to look up things and everything. And I was like, it says it's worth like $500, $600. Oh my God. You get it. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Walk out the store and you hope nobody like takes it from you because it's like, <laughs> I found something amazing. Don't yeah. look at it. <laughs> Yeah, I always feel like I'm getting away with something, even still, but I mean, they priced it, so I'm, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's anyway. part of the high and the addiction that comes out of doing this, right? Absolutely. Exactly. But, um, and I, I posted it locally and on eBay, and we had some watchers and some offers, um, but ultimately we actually met up locally. It was on OfferUp, and we got 350 for it. Um, wow. It's a weird situation because I've never sold something worth that much. Um, locally so it was like there's risks involved with local re- reselling and i try to talk about that too like make sure you bring somebody with you make sure you're at a, a public place um you can go to a police station or we go to this gas station up here where we know the guy that works there so mm-hmm. he always kind of looks out for us anyway so mm-hmm. especially in the summer we were there like every day multiple yeah. times <laughs> wow. selling things so he knows what we're doing but so be safe but anyway we met this um this guy and um three people jumped out of the car 
but they're a little short guys so i'm looking like okay i'm like i don't want to do this i yeah. mean but yes <laughs> um but they had like baseball gear on and everything so i was like oh like, like <laughs> they're on their way to the game <laughs> yeah, probably nervous as well so they they brought a friend just in case we were the scammers so ultimately it all worked out and again this is 350 dollars cash so it's like you know, it was a little nerve-wracking. Legit, everybody was nervous. Like, you could tell the three we're of them were nervous. We're all like, who's going to get who just in case? Like, you don't want to think that way, but <laughs> like, you really want to actually prepare yourself just in case you have to go and tackle somebody <laughs> to, you know, a gas station or what have you. But luckily, everything was fine. I counted the cash. We left because we were all nervous. <laughs> so, yeah, I think those are... Those are our biggest ones. And again, not not thousands, but definitely just as exciting yeah. for sure. It's always exciting when you have an item that costs you less than, you know, $5 yeah. that you're turning into almost $400. Like, that's like free money almost. Yeah. That's what it feels like. I was like, this is going to be a great week. <laughs> How illegal. <laughs> but it's not. It's, it's amazing. Now, I haven't heard your like biggest flip story. Oh, you got to tell that story. Yeah, we have a couple of interesting ones. Um, my my favorite one, I love um, history. I love American history. Uh, and I, we, you know, we go to garage sales. We love doing estate sales. And um, I went to an estate sale once and I found a bunch of vintage jerseys, which was really cool, like, you know, basketball, football jerseys. Wow. Um, but I always, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a teacher and I like stationery, I like books, I like media, stuff like that, right? So I always go into the stationery. I don't even know if I'll make any money, but I find really cool vintage postcards and I buy them. I find cool, I find cool vintage stationery and I buy it, right? So this one time that I went to an estate, so I um, looked in an envelope next to the stationery and inside I found, it was about 10 photographs of um, like- 12. 12, okay. 12 photographs of, pictures of when you know nasa visited the moon and so right and so i took them home and i was like man these are so cool they they came with a couple of stickers from nasa on the back it said nasa oh no it said kodak um on the back and i was like these look these look like really cool pictures they look legit like they probably came from you know nasa or something right so we went online and Wait, how we, much did you pay them oh i paid um honestly when they I had a lot of stuff with me that day. And when they went through my things that I bought, which was like jerseys, I think I got like a stuffed animal, a, a football and a bunch of stationery. I paid 80 bucks for my entire bundle, right? I, we sold one of the jerseys for a hundred bucks yeah. and you know, like paid for everything. Everything else is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, so yeah, so I paid basically nothing for them. And we listed them on eBay when we got home for 250 for the whole pack. And within minutes it was sold. And we thought that was strange, right? So we canceled the order. You did? We went in and started doing some research on it. And we found out those photos, um, especially some of the more rare ones, are worth a lot of money. They're easily worth over a grand, some of those more rare ones. Um, we, we, we have sold some of them already, not for that much, but we sold them for like 350 for one, 250 for another, and we still have some left, so. Um, yeah, that's been our, our favorite flip. I probably would have canceled that order too. Be like, no, 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 hold on. <laughs> Those rare occasions where that's probably the best thing to do, no matter what anyone says. <laughs> yeah, we definitely debated it and we did feel bad, but we're like, wait a minute, are we getting swindled here? You know, so yes. it was our, our fault. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really the best find. 
-hmm. and also um, typewriters and just like things that you don't expect to sell a lot. Mm -hmm. Things people want to get rid of, but they're actually worth, worth a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, eight sales and like, do you guys go to rummage sales ever? We've been to a couple, yeah. Those are really good. I love those because it's like, everything's right there, right? So it's like, instead of having to go to like five or six different sales, you're right there and there's all this stuff, especially like here, like uh, church sales, church rummage mm -hmm. sales. We've made out so well, especially if we get there first. That's true. Uh, it hurts to get up early, but oh man, it's worth it. <laughs> We find it funny because it's like we're not exactly religious per se, but we've been to so many churches. <laughs> churches are always at church. <laughs> we go to church on Saturdays. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, um, many good things. So we have a few viewers on YouTube. Um, so one of them is Leslie. Um, her, you know, do you guys know Leslie? Yeah, we follow her on Instagram, and I yeah, I um, interviewed her. Oh, cool. Um, yes. Yeah, so her, so, um, she has a question for us. Um, where do you see your business headed in 2020? It's more for you guys. Ah, for us, um, again, I, I'd like to grow our eBay business. Um, that's always the goal. So again, buying power. So strategizing how we purchase to be able to grow. Um, in addition, we, we do have VAs right now, so utilizing them, because we've uh, had them since uh, May through Upwork.com, so we have the ability to scale with their help. Um, so growing, um, I, I'd like to try Amazon merch and see how that goes. Um, mm -hmm. And then also see where your businesses are going as well, so her tarot stuff. And is part of, you know, I help her with those things as well on the back end. Again, I'm operations. She's out there. Yeah. Um, so kind of uh, building that up. No, I know for me, pre predominantly, I'd love to shift my practice into including more events and parties because I do a lot of online one-on-one uh, -on -one work right now, um, some email work as well. Um, but I'd love to get more events under my belt and make myself more available for people who are planning special occasions or um, corporate events and would like someone to, to flip cards and have that, you know, kind of like spiritual entertainment kind of practice um, in their, their shindig. So mm. that's what I'm looking forward to pushing out there. <laughs> yeah, so growth, like I, I'd yeah. like to see at least 20% growth um, by, I don't know, Q, by the end of Q2. So that's halfway through the year and then kind of readjust and see what I can do. Or if we've grown even higher than that, then great. What else do I do to continue to grow or to at least maintain that and really get used to that as a norm? Cool. Um, so we have a, a tip from Karen Hill. Um, do you guys know her? So she says, girls hit the Seattle library book sale, then go into rare books. Oh, yes, Karen, I believe she lives close to where I used to live when I grew up. So yeah, she's Washington State, I believe. Um, interesting. I haven't considered that before. I'll keep that in mind. Cool. Yeah, I would love fun. that. Thank you. <laughs> and then Leslie said, sounds good. I wish you much success. Can't wait to see your growth. Um, we have another viewer, Amora Blessing. She says, she's asking a question. What are your priorities for self-care in 2020? <sighs> for me, sleep. Um, let's see if I can do it. If I can do seven hours a day, that's doable and I feel good at that point. Some people need more. Some people need nine or ten. I'm a nine or ten. Um, <laughs> I need more sleep. Yeah. I, if I can get seven hours most days, I'll be good. So that's mine. Yours? Mine is um, 
keeping some sort of regularity with taking my meds because I have a thyroid stuff and I'm so bad about being, my compliance with my medication is terrible. So for me, it's just staying on top of that and taking care of myself mm -hmm. so that I can actually have the energy and the stamina to do this work that we're doing. And that's my best friend. So she's basically <laughs> calling us out like, so what are you going to do about that self-care? No, and you gave very serious answers. <laughs> <laughs> There's the answer. <laughs> uh, but she's holding your candle. So that's awesome. Everyone's watching, guys. <laughs> uh, so um, a question. You're very active on, on Instagram, which we absolutely love. Um, thank you for doing that. Thank you for being so active. Uh, we watch you very um, persistently, both on your posts and your stories. And um, we've even seen, like, we've seen you featured in there as well. Abby, we um, aren't, I don't know if we're currently following you on your other accounts, but what, what accounts do you guys have available for um, any of your viewers to follow? Yeah, so it's uh, Basquez Vintage on Instagram, and that is definitely reseller focused. Um, so again, tips, um, the different things that we're doing, uh, finds that we have, little hauls and things like that. Uh, we're on YouTube. It's a very small channel, um, but we would like to build it up. So it's just like, you know, you got to prioritize things and YouTube wasn't on the top of the priority list. <laughs> but um, in the future, that's another thing um, that we'd like to get into a little bit more. Um, so we're Vasquez Vintage on YouTube. Um, Abby is on Instagram at AV. So Abby, Abby Vasquez. So A, <laughs> what is it? AV? AV Tarot Reading on Facebook, on Instagram. My, that's my uh, website as well as avtarotreading.com yeah. and as well as YouTube. So I have all the, the main ones there as well. Yeah. And then we have a, like a customer facing uh, Facebook page. So it's Vasquez Vintage on Facebook. And we kind of keep people interested that are interested in buying like kind of what's new, what's been posted recently and stuff like that. So um, that's what we're on right now. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And um, how do you think, or do you think, um, that social media plays a role on your sales, on your growth as a business, or how does it play a role? Yeah, so I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't say that it is right now for sales, but it's great for us so far for um, buying things. So sometimes people have bulk um, items that you know they hear we're interested, they'll reach out or they'll um, send our name to someone that they know. So it's great for networking for purchasing. Um, so um, in addition to just the community. So again, having other people to bounce ideas off of and, and just be a part of a community is huge for reselling, for, for having a small business generally. So uh, you never know who you might meet or you know who may have some um, suggestions. I learn so much from other people all the time, every day. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? You know, it's just, so I, I wouldn't say sales right now, although if we made a page that was just for posting things that we have for sale, I bet it would help. I just haven't tried that yet. So I can't say, I can't speak on it currently. What do you I'm, think? I'm a firm believer that success doesn't happen in a vacuum. So we need other people. We need community. We need each other to get anywhere that we're wanting to go. Yeah. Um, as much as we'd love to be, you know, think we're conquerors and can do it by ourselves. You can't. And so mm -hmm. having our social platforms, yes, it's social. Yes, it's networking. Yes, it's also opportunity. It's ideas. It's mm -hmm. extra strategy. It's more education. So it's market research in addition. Yeah. So there's so much to it. Um, not necessarily like the dollar figure attached to it, but there's a dollar figure attached long term yeah. that you, you can't overlook it. So agree. 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 
Anyone that doesn't have it, like an Instagram at least should get one. <laughs> <laughs> at least. I mean, that's how we connect it, right? So yeah. I think it's certainly helping in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. What would your answer be to that question? Social? You're the social queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's, it's extremely important. Um, and I think you're doing a fantastic job on, on your Instagram channels. Um, yeah, we have, we have yet to like look at all of your social media, but definitely we check out your Instagram all the time. And um, I think we're at a point right now in social media where you know, you have this feeling that it's going to take you somewhere good, but you're not going to really know until the future gets here yeah. what, what it's actually going to do. But I think our instincts are right. I think documenting everything, um, you know, like what Gary Vee says, um, and sharing, and, and actually when we're doing that, we're giving, right? We're giving a lot of our value oh, to the sure. world. And of course, that's going to come back, I think, in, you know, in times infinity. So um, that's our, those are our thoughts on that. Yeah. <laughs> we got a couple of updates. Let's see. So Karen says, man, I got to have my sleep and I saw Melissa up at 1.30. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Amora says, can you talk about the art event on Wednesday? And then Leslie have some advice. Um, she says, never under- underestimate where your sales come from. Your buyers are coming from your Instagram. You just don't know which ones. Oh, good advice. Yeah. Good tips there. I'll keep that in mind. Maybe I, I haven't seen it all. I definitely I definitely will keep that in mind. Um, as for the event, so Raw Artists is a um, global uh, group of, of folks that highlight local and independent artists of all kinds. So people who make jewelry, people who do makeup, um, painters, uh, dancing, fashion, Megan fashion. Uh, we got in on the craft area for our candles. Um, so they're having a local show on um, Wednesday, the 11th, um, here in Seattle. And so we'll be showcasing both Abby's um, tarot reading and our candles. So we have like a dual booth. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I've always been into art and, and, and things like that. So I'm just excited to be a part of it. Um, as like one of my favorite things to do before reselling was like um, either drawing or going to art galleries, um, being a part of like seeing glass blowing happening and things like that. So like, I just love anything like that. And so just to be a part of it is amazing. So um, that is this Wednesday yeah. at seven. So yeah. that's what that is. Did, so, did you guys want to share location at all? Uh, or Yeah, it's at Club yeah. Sur, S-U-R, and it's in the uh, south of downtown. So the Soto district and um, it's on rawartist.com if you guys want to come. Um, also, we'll be posting a lot on Instagram, so you can kind of see the behind the scenes of what we're doing. Uh, hopefully, we're not sweating too much. Just like, a, little bit, <laughs> a little bit nervous. And again, it's a, it's a nightlife type of event, um, so it's uh, uh, 21 and over. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's out of my element, and we're, we've been talking a lot about if we're nervous about it, do that. Like, whatever scares us the most, go that way. <laughs> so the opposite of what we were taught when we were younger, which is mainly to stay alive. But <laughs> 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 now that we're in small business, it's like if that scares you the most, uh, figure out why later, but go. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> like we just came up with a little saying like a couple days ago, like, oh, there's a fire over there. Let's jump in it. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to get a lot of that from us. And that's great. That's really shifting your mindset. Like uh, you got you to gotta do that, right? Right. So um, as we wrap up, we want to uh, end with like a last question. What what would be one tip that you would give to uh, a new resellers and also people who have been hustling? What, what would be a tip? Mine would probably be to do. So again, action. 
So feel free to do research because that would be the second one. Learn, do research. But the very first thing is like once you've got an idea, find out how and do something. Do because momentum builds up. You know, you never know. Maybe you talk to someone or you open an account. You thought about doing eBay? Go ahead and sign up. It's free to sign up. Just get your email started. Open an account. Like do something towards that, and you'll be amazed at what happens from there. What would be your big one thing? Uh, Perpetual learning, being mm. open to it, success leaves clues, um, learn from other people who, who are doing what you want to do, and mm. then also know how to do your research. So it's like some, we've noticed how some people don't know um, how to do like the comps look up while they're at the store. And I feel like that is vitally important to know if this thing that you're picking up is going to actually sell for you or not. And then kind of like realistically set your expectations on how much it's going to go for. Mm -hmm. So that to me would be like my, my big one. Yeah. So, sorry, Abby, just cause you brought that up. Um, can you, would you mind giving a quick little tip on that? Like, do you just go on eBay or Poshmark? Where do you look for your um, prices? Predominantly it is on eBay and it's their sold section. So when you, like if I found a pack of cards that I want to see how they will go, um, I look up that particular artists or that deck or whatever the title is in eBay and then switch it over to the solds in the filters in the filters so that I can see um, buy it now what it sold for um, how much it sold for and when because if it sold last September I don't I really don't want it because I'd like to have something that moves actually pretty quickly um, or if it only sold like one item sold for $100 and they normally sell for like 20 like that's where my realistic expectation needs to be is that this is probably going to go for about 20 ish instead of the hundred that I thought I could get out of it. So it's just keeping your expectations realistic and knowing actually how to do the research so you know that the stuff that you have will is in demand and will actually move. So eBay is a great resource. So again, you search it, then with the, with the results, just filter by sold and then look at the price um, based on what it sold for and when and kind of decide from there. What we like to do also just on top of that is we like really study the sell-through rate. So if there's like 2,000 available mm -hmm. and only two sold, for me, that tells me it's gonna be long tail unless I drop the price really low and that's not my goal. So people need to know what their goals are, right? But for us, we want a, a higher price point and we wanna sell it quick. So usually it doesn't go hand in hand. People wanna sell things quick for cheap or they wanna hold on to it and get a lot of money. I'm trying to do a little bit of both um, all in one. So again, just look at the sold amounts. That's data that you can actually use. Wow. Um, so this hour has been just full of information and it was really great to get to know both of you um, during this conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time. And um, also to Jadis, like, thank you so much for sharing what, you know, he had to share. We learned from him, you know, he's 13. That's just amazing. Um, so we look forward to keeping this relationship going with you guys. And um, thank you so, so much. We're so thankful that you met with us today. Do you want to share your um, contact information, your Instagram handles, and all the other? Yeah, it, so we love to help. We love to contribute to the community because people have helped us along the way, and we find it fun to teach and learn, teach and learn. So a give and a take. So if you have any questions, um, reach out um, at Vasquez Vintage on Instagram is the best place to reach us uh, regarding anything. And we also both buy shoes, so come hit us up. <laughs> <laughs> if 
he will have a bulk amount of shoes. We can talk price from there. But um, and then Abby. Abby is AB Tarot Reading on Facebook. I also buy tarot cards. So if you're outsourcing and you run across tarot, you know, let me know. I will most likely buy them from you because oh, I want. I'm, I'm also in the process of developing a um, a pre-loved uh, tarot market. So on Etsy. So I'm sourcing uh, vintage. I'm sourcing cards. I'm sourcing everything related to the tarot. So thanks for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. And thank you so much to Resellers Passion, Karen Hill, Amara Blessing, and I think there's one more. Oh, that's it for joining us today. And everyone, um, you know, Resellers Passion says, she said here, um, walk through the fear and that she truly enjoyed this. Karen Hill says, thanks, girls. And um, a more blessing says, congratulations. You'll have a great time at your raw event. So um, All right. I, think, uh, I think that's it for, for this episode. Thanks for sharing your time Thank with you for us listening to our podcast. To like, share, and direct message us during the week. If you, you want to talk to us or even have questions yeah. about getting started on reselling thank you. yourself. Thank you so much. It's been exciting. It's been a pleasure. And we'll keep following you guys. So thank you. <laughs> thank you guys. Have All a wonderful right. Saturday.